Hello and welcome to The Dirt Debates, in association with Gifts to You. I'm Laura, editor of Grow Your Own magazine, and today, in the last episode of this current series, we will be talking about traditional veg beds versus cottage garden planting, and which we prefer to use. So, for the final time this series, I'm joined again by my wonderful co-host, Ellen Mary. Hello, Ellen. Hello, I'm already sad it's the last one. (laughs) I know, it's been so much fun and so interesting. It's been really nice just chatting and comparing things. And throughout the series, there's been a few kind of questions that we've even brought up, you know, ourselves and things Mm. that we want to go away and research and have a think about. So it's been really, really good. Thank you so much for asking me. Oh, thank you for joining us. And we'll have to do a follow-up episode with the answers to the questions. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Maybe people can answer all the questions that we've left, like little conundrums <laughs> when we've left the episode. Like, hmm, I better go and look that up. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a great idea. It is. Um, so obviously today we are talking about planting styles. How do you plant? Oh my gosh, this is a really hard one. So you've left a really hard one till last. How can you compare (laughs) cottage garden planting with traditional veg beds? So, you know, cottage garden planting is, of course, very different to kind of like the manicured formal estate gardens that you see. Mm. I always think cottage gardens, that lovely kind of whimsical you know sensory experience all the different colors and textures and heights Mm. so beautiful and I always think when you go into somebody else's cottage garden it's a real reflection of their personality yeah you know the different colors that they've chosen and just I don't know maybe the winding paths or uh, is the grass a bit longer are there wildflower is there wildflowers you know I love all of that yeah but then there's the traditional veg beds and I'm sorry but can you really beat those beautiful rows of lettuces you know a lovely like celery growing in perfect order and the the onions you know bulbous above the soil I I just love that too so this is this is difficult this is very difficult so basically I plant both the allotment is uh is veg veg beds although would I say traditional I don't know because I do squeeze things in as and where I can um mm-hmm. but then um I've had a, a beautiful cottage garden which was over by the coast and we had a lovely flint wall and um, it was abundant with color and full of pollinators and I absolutely loved it so mm-hmm. I don't know this is really difficult yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely definitely a tough one and I think again it comes down to something that I feel like I keep harping on about this series but um the space that you've got as well because as I know I've mentioned before my garden is a long thin terraced garden yeah so it doesn't especially lend itself to um the layout of traditional veg beds however I do often section off areas of it kind of like that but then also because it's my home garden as well and has to be functional for sitting out there in the summer and having a barbecue there's a, a mixture of garden and then a wildflower patch and then a raised bed <laughs> so it's kind of um chaos but using a few different planting styles I would say I love that the best because it's very difficult isn't it if you like lots of different styles of gardens mm. and you've you've obviously got just your one but 
being able to implement a little bit of each I think that's really good fun you know and I'm sure it probably isn't chaotic as such and anyway if chaotic is your thing it's your garden so have it chaotic you know but I love the idea of having like the different uh, styles of planting in one garden Mm. anyway we can have it all (laughs) we can don't let anyone tell us we can yes I think I think as well another thing with the traditional um veg beds as you say it's it's a it's a real look isn't it you know what you're getting with those traditional veg beds and they're beautiful but they can be quite high maintenance to keep looking lovely yeah I Um, mean you do you've got to be weeding haven't you got to keep the weeds down you've got to be harvesting and then once you've harvested depending on how big your space is you're then going to have like a bare bed or a bare patch Mm. so I think it is a constant uh, maintenance to keep it looking so so lovely Mm. but when you have a cottage garden all of that dense planting keeps the weeds down anyway you know so I think perhaps uh, a a lot of cottage garden plants will be perennial as well which actually very little care you know you don't really have to do that much to them Mm. um so there is that maintenance aspect definitely I would say yeah I would actually say and I didn't say this to her when she came on the podcast because I was too embarrassed to sound too gushy but I think (laughs) my favorite example of a terrace house garden ever was do you remember Alice Fowler's series the edible garden yes definitely her garden I remember watching that series and got the book and I thought yeah that is the garden I want to recreate it is just stunningly beautiful and so productive and (laughs) oh I just I think that would be my dream I have yet to do it but um, but you know there's still time yes there's still time you can aspire to it and do little bits along the way to make it into your dream garden you know definitely but I agree the look was very beautiful um I also love the way we can have a cottage garden kind of planting scheme but you can add edibles in it as well yeah whilst that's not a traditional veg bed if you want to have a cottage garden but you want to grow your own just add in some beautiful looking vegetables as well you know like artichokes and rainbow chards and that kind of thing and you can really create something very beautiful that way yeah and I think that's another really um good way of utilizing space because I think often when your back garden is also your growing space for edible crops you don't always want it to look like an allotment which I mean allotments are great there's nothing wrong with it looking like an allotment yeah um but you know our gardens more than ever are having to be multi-purpose spaces yes and this is actually something that Mark Lane's going to be looking at in in Grow Your Own this year yeah um and I think having a bit of a free and easy approach to planting can really enable you to create that. I I agree and I think that's actually a really good thing to explore for like your readers because it's very easy to feel like you have to go down one path or another that's not a pun like you know you have to go down the cottage garden path or the traditional veg bed path or you have to have a formal garden or it doesn't have to be you know if you've got one space you can mix it all up Mm. you know plants plants grow together they just want to grow we've said this before haven't we they just want to grow um so you can 
you know, having a little bit of everything mixed in in your small space is is a is a great way of guarding. It's a great way of maximizing the space that you've got. So it doesn't have to be one or the other, mm. um, which is probably really um, frustrating considering this discussion is cottage garden planting versus traditional veg beds and we are both literally <laughs> on the line here aren't we we're like no just mash them all up it's fine <laughs> I mean it wouldn't be any episode of this series if we hadn't just been sitting on the fence the whole time <laughs> <laughs> it's really difficult isn't it because I think you can just see from every point of view in all of the discussions that we've had that either or like greenhouses versus polytunnels or all of the gloves versus no gloves Mm. and it's a personal preference gardening isn't it you know it's it's about personality it's about your time and schedule and and what you want to do so we have been on the line I would love to come actually to be fair I would say I'm more no dig than dig but apart from Mm. that everything else we've been very much yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would also say you mentioning the gloves thing. I know I've said I'm always staunchly no gloves because I just don't I don't like not being able to feel what I'm doing. Yeah. But since we had the person that commented that I can't remember if it was them or someone they know cut their hand and then got a hand infection. <laughs> I have to admit I wore gloves the other day. <laughs> I just did you? Because you were worried yeah. about cutting your hand, even though you haven't probably cut your hand like that in all the years of gardening. <laughs> it was a pruning exercise, so it felt oh, like... Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I, th- I mean, again, there's reasons why you would wear gloves, of course. So here yeah. we go. We're back to being on the line. <laughs> <laughs> I think another thing with the styles of planting, another thing that's really come into play recently, like I look at... Um, for example, my dad has had his allotment for loads of years and it's always been quite a traditional allotment. But I think you certainly notice on, I notice on his site and allotments in general, as people are becoming more aware of making their allotments biodiverse and sustainable yeah. and attracting more pollinators and making spaces for wildlife, I think you've noticed that the traditional veg plots are evolving to be able to accommodate wildlife more that is is that's such an important observation to mention the same is happening on my allotment sites mm. you know the days have gone really where the allotment is basically rotivated and raked to an inch of its life you know and then all of the manure is dug in and you know you've got your rows of vegetables perfectly placed but then with no plants or pollinators and I think education social media uh you know your magazine all kinds of different things have are educating people so that they can understand that actually having that lovely cottage style planting pretty much you know um on and around your allotment site will actually benefit your crops you know and wildlife uh, and and the planet in general so it's really nice to see how that's actually evolving now and it's prettier it's aesthetically pleasing isn't it to have beautiful plants and pollinators growing around your veg and is there anything nicer than going and you know checking on your veg whether it's in your garden or down your allotment and just seeing the bees buzzing around or a new butterfly Mm. I mean it's just lovely so being able to kind of pull that cottage garden planting because really many cottage garden plants are 
pollinator friendly, bringing that into uh, grow a traditional veg bed space. That's the ideal, isn't it, really? That's getting that perfect balance. And I think as well, that also brings it back around in in a way to the well-being element again, that, you know, you're saying it's really nice to walk around your garden and see the bees and the butterflies. And I think sometimes if you're trying, I mean, I know some people really love making things perfect and pristine, and that's an enjoyable thing to them. But I think if that's not naturally the way that you are, then having to keep things absolutely regimented could become more stressful than it is relaxing. I actually really love the fact that we are embracing the wild side of gardening. Because Mm. let's face it, if you are not gardening every day, there's always, there's a lot to do, you know, and it can become quite pressured if you feel like your garden space has to be perfect, Mm -hmm. where we're we're realizing so much more now that it doesn't have to be perfect and in fact it not being perfect is more beneficial and that takes a whole lot of pressure off people so that's good yeah well looking at the social media comments on this one um the first one that comes from Gillian Cornell Gillian is joining us on the fence um she says for me it's not a question of either or but both cottage garden flowers around perimeters or borders um attract much needed bees and leaves plenty of space for vegetables and fruit we need both well I agree agree (laughs) we agree (laughs) we'll budge up on the fence Gillian you can join us um (laughs) then Les Smith has said I started my current allotment plot with raised beds I've come to realize they're slug hiding places and don't allow me to adopt my plot to grow different crops and flowers Next year, I'm dividing my plot into four separate areas, a traditional cottage garden, a perennial veg bed, an experimental bed, and a netted area for green leafy veg that need extra protection. Well, I love that. Uh, There's nothing like a bit of experimentation in the garden. That is mashing it up. Love it. Yeah, I love an experimental bed. I think we should add that in. Great. Um, (laughs) Then Adrian Dorling says, my base soil is Thames clay, and I've used raised beds for vegetables for many years. So yeah, I guess raised beds, raised beds can do either really, can't they? Yeah, I mean, if you have a raised bed, yeah, you can grow veg in them, but you can you could also create your own um, kind of cottage garden look in a raised bed as well. And, you know, raised beds are also amazing if you do have really poor soil. So yeah, mm. that makes that makes sense. It's a great idea. Yeah. So the results of this one, it is another quite close one we have cottage garden planting coming in at 40 percent and traditional veg beds at 60 percent interesting well you are grow your own magazine so I would expect it to be slightly higher when it comes (laughs) to traditional veg beds (laughs) yeah yeah and I mean I think what a traditional veg bed is is also evolving as time goes on so yeah I think yeah that's really interesting. And another close one. We've had quite a few close ones this series. <laughs> We've had loads. To be honest, I think the listeners are on the line as well. <laughs> on the fence, sorry. <laughs> on the fence, down the garden path. We're all in it together by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, there's not much room on this fence anymore. We're going to have to extend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone's um, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> always, yeah. Um, So this series has been wonderful. It's been so interesting to look at all of these different topics and discussions and hear what everyone's got to say. 
loads of really interesting points have been raised. And as we said, some questions that we still need answered. Um, but thank you so much for joining me, Ellen. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, what can listeners look and listen out for from you next? Oh, well, thank you, first of all, for asking me. I've really enjoyed it. And like you said, it's it's raised some questions for myself to look into as well. So that's really enjoyable. And any chance to talk about gardening, as you know, I'm there anyway. Um, yeah, so what's coming up next? I've actually, my first book came out this year, The Joy of Gardening, and my second book is coming out next June. That's so exciting. So I've been busy, yeah, busy writing that. And then I think I might take a break for a little while after finishing that. <laughs> but um, yeah. So if you, yeah, Ellen Mary Gardening, basically on Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook, just about everywhere, you'll see me there. And I'm currently in the US at this moment, but I'm back in the UK uh, for spring uh, next year. And I've got some really exciting stuff coming up next year. So keep your eye out for that. Lovely. And people can also um, catch you on the plant-based podcast as well, can't they? Yeah, plant-based podcast. We're still going strong. We tend to talk about anything to do with plants. So that's not always necessarily gardening. It could be plant clothes or cooking, um, but of course, lots of gardening as well. Um, So yeah, the plant-based podcast, we're there. We've just reached over 250,000 downloads. So we're really excited about that. Um, So yeah, we're just finishing up series five now. And uh, we're going to be releasing series six uh, around about next February too. So, yeah, if you love plants, basically, go download it. (laughs) Lovely stuff. Well, thank you very much. And I hope you have a safe and happy winter in the garden. Thank you. Um, And we will speak to you very soon. And to everybody listening, thank you so much for joining us this series. And from all of us here, until next time, happy growing. The Dirt Debates is brought to you in association with Gifts to You, the home of the UK's best specialist magazines. Discover a huge range of magazine subscription and single issue favourites for every hobby and interest, from knitting, sewing and paper craft, to health, well-being, food and, of course, gardening, and everything in between. With free delivery straight to your door included with every purchase, Gifts to You is your one-stop shop for unbeatable value. Visit giftstoyou.com to find out more. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast for free to make sure you never miss an episode. We'd love it if you'd rate and review wherever you get your podcasts and don't forget to spread the word at your allotment site, community garden or even just over the garden fence. Plus, as a special treat, we've got an exclusive Grow Your Own magazine offer just for the dirt listeners. Head to growfruitandveg.co.uk forward slash pod G, that's P-O-D-G, or call 0800 904 7000 and quote pod G to receive three issues of Grow Your Own straight to your door for just £6. That's a saving of $11.97 or 67% off the cover price. Every issue is packed with gardening advice, expert tips and tricks and jobs to tick off your list. And each magazine comes with some great free gifts too. Check out the episode notes for details and terms.